BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the morning toast. Happy Thursday for you, but happy late night Wednesday for us. Hey, Claude, how you doing? Hello, Jacqueline. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, you almost didn't make the cut, but someone backed out <laughs> last minute. And so I just thought, you know what? Now's her time. I know Always she has given underdog a chance. I know she has a tour coming up. She could use the press. Promo, yeah. And so here you are. And I hope that, you know, you do the most with it and you make the most of this amazing opportunity. I'm going to do my absolute best to be the best version of myself and really give the audience a show I think they'll love. And, you know, maybe if it goes well, we could start our own show. Yeah, or, yeah, we could talk about doing something like a little more recurring. Yeah, and we should definitely murder this joke, like, till the end of time. No, it's it's a good one, you know, because this podcast, I was on Instagram all day today. People were tagging me in their Spotify wrapped and just the amount of hours that people have spent listening to our show this year, like... It is humbling. And you want to know what? As podcasters, we also get our own data from Spotify. And their data on us is so unbelievably inaccurate that I have to imagine um, the numbers people were tagging us in are not even correct because Spotify was like, you guys uploaded 189 episodes. 189, my ass. We're well into 200. So here's what I found out, that they stopped tracking data November 1st. Oh. So they were measuring 189 episodes, though this is our 207th episode of the year. But, you know, this isn't the first accusation of impropriety for Spotify wrapped. I feel like this year, like it's taking a dark turn. You know what else was interesting about our data? Our biggest episode of the year was KKW on SNL, not including this last month or whatever. Yeah, but also that's also just on Spotify. And Spotify is just so different oh, for us. That's so true. I don't we'll have to look at our own data to see what our biggest episode of the year was. But you know what? That actually does track. I feel like this fall, you know, things were really heating up mm-hmm. and everybody wanted to know about KKW on SNL. So if that is our biggest episode of the year, that makes a lot of sense. But you know, it's so crazy. Do you remember recording that episode? I was in the British Virgin Islands. None of my tech was working. My audio was trash. Oh, yeah. Good times. I actually forgot about that part. So maybe people like picked up to listen to that episode and was like, these girls have the worst tech on the planet and then never came back. That's so funny. Well, I'm glad that everyone heard my hottest take about my thoughts on Kim on SNL and her monologue. Speaking of hot takes, I have a lot of thoughts about Real Housewives of Orange County, which just premiered. We're going to do it in the TV recap. Heather Dubrow is back. And I have a lot to say about it that really might, I feel like you, like it might be unpopular. Well, you need to unburden yourself and constantly popular or unpopular, like just keep us interested. And that's all we ask of you. Okay. Interested and borderline offended, but we'll get there. Oh, okay. That's always works for me. Um, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. Like, how bad could it be? You'll see. Okay, well, I can't wait. We have some great stories for you today. This is our last episode of the week before Claudia heads out on the N-Log tour. So we are going to miss you dearly. And Claude, we will miss you as well. But you'll be actually seeing... Oh, I thought you were talking to me. (laughs) No, I meant to the toasters. But you'll actually be seeing the toasters in three different cities this weekend. So that's exciting. Oh, you know what? Speaking of seeing toasters, do you know what I did for 30 minutes today? What did you do? 
On our Morning Toast Instagram, we have two highlights full of like Instagram stories from when we did Camp Toast. And every now and then I go back and watch it just to remind ourselves of the feat we accomplished and the unbelievable event we put on that literally changed people's lives. Mm -hmm. And it was really like the best 30 minutes of my life. Oh, I'm so glad. Those stories are all so amazing. Like, they're you, so high the way, energy. You did it. You were the social media coordinator that weekend. All the stories are like you could hear your voice in the background. 100% of the uh, praise goes to you. Wow. Thank you. And thank you to myself. But also, that was before, like, we got good filters on Instagram and before we got, like, good fonts and stuff. So it's very, you know, 2018. It's raw. It's raw. But um, that's so much fun. It's always a good time to go back and watch those things or to watch like the camp toast vlog that we did for patreon the really yeah. long one with like confessionals it honestly was a great ass time yeah i mean obviously there were a few things when i was watching the instagram stories that bothered me but i really don't want to get into that <laughs> no we could we could chat offline about those things and this yeah. does sound like we're trying to like build up hype for you know the next camp toast oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> no sorry did i did we, i didn't realize that where did we answer that question i think on a patreon about like will we ever do camp toast again our answers we would never say never but it was Mm -hmm. it was a moment in time and it's no longer time it's certainly not our time it's certainly not our time but I'm glad which just makes me sad because when I was watching the stories I was reminded of how much fun we had yeah no it was a good ass time but you know nothing lasts forever no good things must come to an end and and former toasters ruin everything that is the message of the story yeah so we shall see but if you're listening to this, it's Thursday morning, which means that the new episode of The Redheads has dropped. Oh, yeah. And I'm feeling like particularly attached to this episode mm. because the book was so good. So it was such a joy to recap and discuss. And we talk about a lot of really deep themes from the book. We talk about the afterlife, regrets in life. That's really Ooh. what the book is about. But we also talk about our 2021 year in books, the best mm-hmm. things that we read this year. And I like now all the girls who shared their top picks, like now I'm going to read them because... I want to read the best book. So I'm actually reading The Heart's Invisible Furies right now. And it definitely is aces. So if you want book recommendations or just to hear our thoughts on a bunch of stuff, head over to The Redheads. It's a wonderful, warm, and loving place. And we will embrace you wholeheartedly. Speaking of books, like the update absolutely nobody cares about is I went through my Goodreads and like all the Kindle. You know what I did, Jackie? I actually went to your Goodreads page. You've read like over 200 books. I went through every single one because if I bought it on your Kindle... I thought that would be a good way of finding it. I wasn't that far off. I read 23 books this year, which for someone who didn't pick up reading until exactly a year ago, I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good too. And you do your most reading this time of year. I think you have at least two more books in you, if more. Definitely. Like on vacation, you will definitely probably read like five books if you can get into a groove. And when I was on your Goodreads, I found some great recommendations of things that you liked. Ooh, what are you looking at? Do you want me to tell you? Sure. I still have... Oh, sorry. What I'll you tell say? you, like, I might have liked it, but it doesn't mean that you will. So just let me know what you're thinking. Okay. You know, I'm not, like, good with the Goodreads app. Where do, where am I want to reads? In books. Found it. Okay. Uh, 28 Summers. Okay, good. Um, Beach Read. I still haven't read Beach Read. Okay. Margot named it one of her top books of the year. Oh, wow. Oh, that was it. Okay, good. Do it. Okay. Enjoy. Cool. Well, I'm glad we're all caught up. I think it is time to dive right in because we need to bid you farewell and get this show on the road. So without further ado, it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy, and it's all done securely online. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly phone or video sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in in an uncomfortable waiting room as you do with traditional therapy. They're super committed at BetterHelp to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, because if you've ever done therapy, you know it's all about finding the right match, and it might not be the first time. So go to betterhelp.com slash toast. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, the special offer for the Morning Toast listeners is 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash toast. Great. Also, if you are listening to this episode right now, it means that Annie Live is tonight. And... (laughs) 
I just want to be the person that gives you that reminder that you needed, you know, block off your schedule, invite your friends over, pop that popcorn and get down to Annie Live. That's what I will be doing. Pop the bubbly. It's a celebration. It's the musical event of the season. Of the century, some would say. We'll see. I mean, the thing is, it's live, so it could be, we don't even know yet if it's going to be great or going to be terrible. It's still to be determined. TBD. You know, when I was watching Real Housewives of Orange County, um, there was a lot of commercials for it. It was getting me hyped. It was. It was getting me a mixture, like hyped and scared. And No, like when I saw like Titus Burgess, hyped. When I saw Nicole Scherzinger, not hyped. Yeah, we we shall see. I'm not going to make any judgments. I'm just really excited to be a part of something. And like something that we've been talking about for so long and getting so excited about is here. Mm-hmm. And obviously we will give you our full thoughts on Monday, breaking it down scene <laughs> by scene, orphan by orphan. It might not be the musical event of the year, but it's the musical event of our year. Yeah, and it's important to have like these touchstones to get you from one musical ve- event to the to next. The next. I, Jackie, I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, well, our first story, speaking of some TV news, Alec Baldwin is sitting down for the first time since the Rush shooting. He's sitting down with ABC News' George Stephanopoulos for an exclusive interview that is airing Thursday night at 8 p.m. And in some of the highlights, some of the quotes that are coming out, he says he, quote, didn't pull the trigger. So Alec Baldwin says he didn't pull the trigger on the gun that killed Helena Hutchins on the set of his movie Rust. He sat down with George Stephanopoulos for his first interview since the deadly shooting occurred on October 21st. On Wednesday, ABC News released its preview for the hour-long sit-down. When asked if he pulled the trigger on the gun that killed Hutchins, the cinematographer who who worked on the movie, Baldwin said, quote, The trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. I would never point a gun at someone and pull the trigger on them. Never. The preview didn't include Baldwin's explanation as to how the shot was then fired from the gun if he didn't pull the trigger. He said that he had, quote, no idea how a bullet made its way into a gun that was intended to be a prop on the set of the Western film. He said someone put a live bullet in the gun, a bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. He also talks about how he responds to actors like George Clooney, who say that they always check guns on set before filming. He's talking, he's, you know, this interview runs the gamut on what happened that day, what happened since, and how he's coming to terms with the incident. So I'm very much looking forward to this interview because I feel like up until this moment, um, since this incident happened, I have found most of Alec Baldwin's like responses, tweets, videos on the side of the road to be really disrespectful um, and almost like careless. So I would actually really appreciate a one on one sit down. And he's not that great of an actor. Like, I think we'll really. Oh, sorry. My AirPod pod fell out. I think we'll really get to see um, what he's feeling because he's been acting very bizarre for someone who just went through something like that you know yeah well you know now that you say that I actually think that he is that good of an actor and (laughs) I didn't even realize that like because I was thinking you know it'll be interesting to watch this to like see how he's feeling and how he's explaining himself and how he's coming off but he's an actor so right must always keep that in mind yeah I honestly had completely forgotten about that and I'm sure whatever you know playbook him and his team have for how to deal with this both in the public but also eventually like legally in the legal realm it's mm-hmm. all part of one story so I don't know what what we're gonna get but it will it will be telling I will say one thing he looked awful like really awful I think that's part of the yeah but it's also possible like I, I can't be that big of a skeptical I have to imagine that he's very distraught about accidentally killing a mother yes yes but there's a lot of blame game going on and I think yes. that he also wants to make sure that this doesn't stick to him and yeah. he's gonna do and say and act and look like all the things that he needs to that's true to be able to move on from this at some point and and have a career yeah I mean so for me I mean the thing hasn't come out yet just the commercial but the the statement he made about not pulling the trigger was incredibly shocking obviously because a gun goes off when you pull a trigger correct I've never shot one before but I assume that's how they work yeah I mean there's got to be a second half of that sentence that of course how that happened they're being clickbaiters over at ABC yeah yeah so just even to get the tail end of that soundbite is worth tuning in for otherwise I agree I hope George Stephanopoulos does a good job it sounds like he was asking the right questions yeah 
I agree. So we'll keep you posted, but that is on tonight. Um, you can watch before or after Annie live. Really, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I personally just want to watch Annie live live. Otherwise, what's the point? No, the suspense you feel watching something live live is unparalleled. It's like a euphoric adrenaline pumping type of event. Yeah, because if I watch it after, like I might have already seen some of the posts that were like, oh my God, that was a train wreck. And, right. I won't and get then it to, gets like, in your brain. I won't get to experience the train myself, you know, like I'll, you just know what? Be, I'll, I'll know what it's going to be going into it. And now that I'm thinking about it, this actress who's playing Annie, who's a newcomer, this is a very, very tough first big gig, like big break, because not only is it such a big thing to land, I'm sure any actor or actress would be thrilled, it's but a job it's a million live. kids would kill for. Literally, but it's live and it's also like a theatrical production. So it's the combination of doing like Broadway with the added bonus of like television, lights, camera, action, director, mayhem on set. Like it's actually, I'm, I'm actually worried about her. Yeah. No, I, I hope that she's up to the challenge, but I believe that she is if, if she got the part. And I think that they factored all those things into it. So everything, you know, it just always comes back to Annie live. And mm-hmm. um, Annie, she will be live tonight. She will. And, and it, she's going to dazzle. I know it. I know it too. I really feel like she will. I hope so. Some things you just know. <laughs> okay. Our next story, Lala Kent says that she had her head in the sand about issues with Randall Elmett. Emmett for a really long time so Lala gave an update on her podcast about her split from ex-fiance Randall Emmett she said that she quote had her head in the sand for a really long time when it came to the problems in their relationship Mm. while she didn't go into specifics about the breakup she made it clear that she didn't hesitate to end things when she quote felt unsafe she said the second that I felt unsafe I said this in therapy I said the second that I get a pit in my stomach it'll be a different conversation I got that pit and I got the fuck out no questions it's always asked. about the pit it's always about the pit she said I want to acknowledge that I'm sure everyone knows what's going on my between Rand and myself and just in my personal life there will be a time where I feel comfortable enough to open up and share today is definitely not that day it's been a lot I'm going through a lot I mean I could imagine this is a little bit more than what she gave us a few weeks ago on her podcast just like acknowledging that she was going through a lot this feeling of feeling unsafe and having a pit in her stomach makes me feel like it's more than just cheating allegations well like there has been so much what do you mean like he got someone pregnant no, I know. I, but to say that to feel unsafe. Yeah, I guess that's not the right word feeling. you would use when someone cheats on you. Yeah, yeah. It's, or it's a surpri- maybe maybe that is how she felt. But that I find that to be surprising descriptor. Yeah, considering no, she's not using many descriptors. You're such a little detective. I mean, I just know my girl. You do. You're brand new. Or I know nothing, per usual. We know nothing currently. Um, you're right. That is a weird thing. I appreciate her being open. Um, and it really didn't take her a very long time to be open, which I think we appreciate. You know, as a podcaster, you got to be transparent. It's It comes with a job. It's It has its benefits and it has its detractors. But I also feel like for her, things are moving like at lightning speed. You know, for some people in the span of three weeks, they're like moving out of the house and this and that. Like in, in the... Weeks she's gone. since this has happened, she's not with him. She changed her tattoo. She's selling merch. She's cut him out of the podcast. Like every day, she is just like shedding rand yeah. from her life. That's really true. I just have so many thoughts about this. Like they were never married, right? No, they were engaged for a while. They were planning their wedding, but then also their plans got vacocta because of COVID, and it didn't mm-hmm. seem like they were in any rush to get them back on track. You know, this is one of those things, and I think probably people listening to this episode might be able to relate to it. Like, of course, postponing your wedding was horrible for so many people, but I think for a lot of couples, it ended up being like the best thing for them. Yeah, well, you would imagine that, one, it puts such a strain on your relationship that it's like if you're able to survive that strain, then, you know, it's a good challenge and a test of your relationship. Um, Or maybe it gives you the time and space to make a different decision. But in my own personal life, I don't know of any couples really who like broke up who were like supposed to get married their wedding was postponed and instead they didn't get married at all I mean I know I don't know anyone personally but I know that they exist yes oh my gosh of course but like yeah but no I don't know anyone if you have to tell if you have to explain to someone that so many of these people exist yet you don't know one how many could it be good call thanks I just feel like like, they exist no no (laughs) they do I just feel like it no no 
I'm not disagreeing with you. No, but Lala and Randall, like, they didn't break up because of the pandemic. But now it's like, I'm sure in retrospect, she's actually very glad that it ended up being delayed because they'd be going through a divorce right now and she wouldn't have been so easily clean, break up, move to the hotel, brand new, cover her tattoo, sell the merch. So in a way, it was a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the latest that we have from her thinking of Lala at this time as I'm always just thinking of Lala. And very much looking forward to hearing what she has to say when they film the reunion. Hopefully she'll be in like a really clear headspace, have some more information, clear some things up for us. Reunion is being filmed tomorrow. What? So, yeah, that's what she said on her Instagram. And Hmm. so hopefully she's feeling more prepared to share tomorrow. Shit. You know what I find this Randall thing so annoying? Because I feel like for a really long time... We've been saying that, like, Lala could be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Marty Scorsese watches Pump Rules. And now she's just, like, you know, not there. Can I just say there's no way on God's green diddly dally earth that Martin Scorsese is watching this season of (laughs) Vanderpump Rules. I thought you were going to say that she would ever be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And as it stands now, yes, I think they're a little too highbrow. But a couple years ago, it could have been possible. Yeah, no. I, I can move on from that dream. I'm just saying, like, Marty. Martin Scorsese did not watch Brock drink beer out of his shoe. Jackie, it's Marty. Marty did not watch that. You can't convince me that he did. No, that's a really, really good point. At what at what moment in the last couple seasons do you think Marty decided to turn off the TV and not look back? <laughs> I mean, there's so many. There are so many things. I want to, I feel like he probably got through, if he's a big fan, like they say that he is, he probably watched last season because it was a very long time ago and it was sort of business as usual. Um, I would say when he heard the word Schwartz and Sandys, he reached for his, he reached for his remote and turned it off. I think that's a really, really safe assumption. (laughs) You know what? I actually think about that a lot because when I was talking to Portia, she was saying how, you know, it's been said, Beyonce said once like a million years ago that she watches Atlanta and her and Solange love it. Yeah. And of course, like everyone was quaking. Um, but when you're like a, a Bravo, lebr- uh, a celebrity who loves Bravo and like you say it once, like what if you stop watching the show? Like what if Beyonce thought it was boring like four years ago and stopped watching, but we're all like clinging to the fact that we think we watch the same show as Beyonce. Like who knows Rihanna hasn't watched Vanderpump Rules since that one time she posted about it. Yeah. I can't imagine Rihanna's watching this either. Let's talk about that. Definitely not. She's like being honored by her home country. They're a republic now. And she's just not doing that. No, she's not watching Mad Max in the backyard drinking (laughs) beer out of a shoe. No, she's not. Damn. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? Switching gears? Only if it's a story that's brought to you by Framebridge. Framebridge. Excuse me. It is. Framebridge. Framebridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to custom frame everything that matters without ever leaving the house. From art prints, posters, photos just sitting in your phone, you can Framebridge just about anything. So here's how it works. It's the best way to frame photos, art that you have lying around. It's a great gift for the holidays, but it's also like a pain in the ass to get stuff framed. Not anymore. Go to framebridge.com. You can upload your photo if it's a digital photo or they'll send you packaging if you want to safely mail in a physical piece. You'll preview your item online in dozens of different frame styles, gallery wall layouts. You could choose your favorite or they have talented designers that you can get recommendations from. The experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item, deliver your finished piece straight to your door or to someone you want to gift it to. So here's the best part. The handcrafted personalized gift from Framebridge starts at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus our listeners are getting 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use the promo code toast. So if you know, if you've ever framed a photo, a piece of art, it is so unbelievably expensive. So to get it framed and shipped for $39 is insane. They also have stores now. Um, You can go in person in New York, DC, Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago. So if you want to get the code for, um, 15% off, go to framebridge.com, promo code toast to save an additional 15% off your order. Frame your photos or send someone a gift, framebridge.com, promo code toast. Wonderful. Okay, our next story, America's Next Top Model alum blasts, quote, exploitative Tyra Banks. She says, we never made a penny. While Tyra made bank, America's Next Top Model contestants were left for broke. A former, uh, 
contestant on America's Next Top Model, Sarah Hartshorn, she was on Cycle 9, said, we were not paid a penny for being on the show. She said, quote, we were given a $38 daily cash stipend that we had to use to pay for our own food. And they didn't even give us a microwave to heat up the food. Her startling accusations come amid a tsunami of tweets trashing Tyra, who, according to Forbes, earned a whopping $30 million during a (gasps) 12-month period as creator and host of the CW competition reality series. Wait, $30 million for 12 months for, like, one season? Yeah, unless, like, somehow two seasons ran in (gasps) one year. Oh, that's a lot Um, of money. For allegedly building up a sizable fortune on the backs of young, unpaid, aspiring models. So someone tweeted the fact that the girls on ANTM were getting paid $40 an episode and Tyra and them judges were making bank is kind of sick. Also, someone said they're dead at Tyra sending girls home with a shaved head, failed dreams and $40. (laughs) We'll talk about that in a minute. I want to say one thing. I don't know if it's necessarily, I mean, it was Tyra's show, but it's not only on Tyra. Like, I don't think it's bad that Tyra got paid $30 million. Like, that's what you get when you're a mega, mega star. It was a very successful show. Um, she should have been more involved in making sure the girls were properly taken care of, especially because modeling such a type of industry that like exploits young women who like don't come from fancy backgrounds. They don't know what's right. They don't have like lawyers. So I think it's unfair to just blame Tyra, but it is her show. But like, where's the network? Where's everyone else? Like there's a lot of people responsible for making sure an 18 year old from Kentucky gets paid more than $38. Yeah, well, I'm a little bit of two minds on this because, of course, reading this, I'm like, that's so unfair. She's making bank off of, you know, all of these girls. But on the other hand, like, think about American Idol. Those judges have insanely huge contracts and the contestants don't get paid. They're, you know, do you know that for sure? I don't know that for sure, but I. So there's a thing in Hollywood, like in the industry called a per diem. And you have have to get paid. You can't do anything for free. So you have to get paid a certain amount of money just to show up. It's like illegal against the labor laws. Okay, so yes. I guess instance, probably the bare getting... minimum legally you could get away with at the time was $38. Yes, perhaps. But I, I don't think like contestants on The Voice get paid. American Idol, I think a lot of these competition shows, you, you know, the, the exposure and the grand prize yeah. is what you're signing up for. So I don't know if this is a unique situation or this is just the structure of competition reality shows I do feel like it's unique but I think other shows are problematic too because I feel like if people from American Idol and The Voice I think we would hear about it um but I know that those shows were problematic in other ways I think like the perfect example is like Philip Phillips and I think maybe Kelly Clarkson has spoken about this previously I can't remember but when you get off of that show if you win or you make it to a certain spot like you're fucked Every dollar you make goes to like Simon Cowell. You're in these crazy contracts. It takes years to get out of like Philip Phillips, big song after American Idol home. I think I read in an interview once he made like a hundred dollars. Like he, you don't own your music. You don't own your name when you sign on to those shows and it's corrupt in different ways. But I don't think they were physically being put like in a bad situation. Like I think these America's Next Top Models girls were. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I've heard that too. But that's also, you know, the price you pay for the exposure. Exposure. You'd rather be making like not as much as you should on your big, huge song or be playing the song to nobody. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, why can't it just be like we, like uh, both? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously that would be, that would be nice. But it, it makes me think of, of like even Shark Tank. How yeah, I was going to say the same thing. After you're on the show, even if you get a deal or you don't get a deal, percentage of your sales go to ABC and like kind of makes sense because like ABC got you those sales and they're going to take their pound of it flesh. It does make sense. But what the fuck does ABC need with some local business? Okay. No, no, no. I mean, I agree. But like, that's just how it's done. Mm-hmm. So to put it all on Tyra. It isn't is, fair. In the grand scheme of things, isn't, isn't fair. But now this should be a bigger conversation. Like, and if you are on a competition reality show, you should get paid a little bit more for your time. I agree. Like those, you know, one episode of The Voice airs, those commercials, two hours, Ariana Grande, they're mm-hmm. raking in tens of millions of dollars in advertising per episode. And like these kids are just like begging for a meal. Yeah. And it makes me think of even shows like The Bachelor mm-hmm. or Are You the One? Or like I, they get paid, I think, a little bit more than. They get paid per day and it's, it's not a lot, but it's decent. It's like a couple hundred dollars to uh, low thousands of dollars. Which is an, a fair wage for a living person. 
Yes. And by the way, in those types of situations, they're living in homes where all their food is taken care of. They're not going grocery shopping. They, they have a full kitchen. They have a full home. Like your, your, um, utilities, like you don't need to pay bills. Yes. But you would have thought that that would be the situation on America's Next Top Model too, because they're living in the model apartment. So, you know, there's a kitchen and it should be stocked. It's stocked on the other shows. Yeah. So that's, that's upsetting. And that's like when I was talking to Josh and Shannon from Love Love Island, I had like a million questions about the kitchen. I'm like, where is this food coming from? And they were like, you would just wake up and there was food. Like they they take care of people nicely on Love Island. Yeah, definitely. Also, this isn't the first time that Tyra has gotten internet ire for some of the, quote, really off choices that she made during her stint on America's Next Top Model Um, in – May 2020, critics scolded her for chastising a winner who refused to undergo reconstructive dental work in order to become more mainstream mm-hmm. and marketable. And Was that Danielle apolog- with the gap in her teeth? Yes, that was Danielle. She apologized, said, been seeing the post about the insensitivity of some past ANTM moments, and I agree with you. Looking back, those were some really off choices. Appreciate your honest feedback, and I'm sending so much love and virtual hugs. So this kind of goes back to that tweet that I sh- that I read earlier. You know, you get sent home with $40 in a shaved head. <laughs> and that is like a really crazy aspect of America's Jackie, Next Top Model. That first episode when everyone gets a makeover is literally, it's so unbelievably painful. I mean, I think for most of the girls, they're it's a good makeover. You know, most of the time it's, um, you know, some highlights and or extensions. Extensions, or a, yeah. A sweet haircut. But like. There's always the one choices- girl who's really attached to her long hair and they always insist on cutting it off. No, like, yeah, they do some of the girls dirty and it's like so because, OK, maybe it makes you more high fashion. But then that girl better fucking win the competition and be on the cover of Jill Ben Simone cover girl because what you can't just cut her hair and send her home. No, it ain't right. Or send her home with some extensions. Also, um, moments that have come back as like really cringy now in 2021. Have you ever seen the clip? They did a um, photo shoot and the concept of the shoot was you were going to trade um, <laughs> like cultures with another girl. So like, if you were Latina, you were going to be, uh, you know, switch with, you know, Emma, who's Asian. And if you were black, you were going to switch with someone who's white. Like it was so not fly today it's actually crazy to see like shit that used to be on tv yeah no it is crazy and they did so many cycles of antm mm-hmm. and there are a lot of things like that but i never really thought about like now just the even the makeovers like yeah well do you remember that winner um i want to say her name was like carrie or ann carrie ann Sure. Um, She's like blown up on TikTok a lot recently doing major exposés. And so I think all of this is just kind of accumulating. I'm sure Tyra like doesn't care. She just wants to move on. She's got a new hosting gig and people are giving her shit there. So she just can't handle all of it. Yeah. Damn. No, I don't know who Carrie Ann is, but I'm seeing Carrie D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie D. Carrie D. Carrie D. Okay, I'll I'll have to Google her after. Wow. I mean, that show is just like such a... And she has like deep psychological trauma, Jackie. Like she's... Like the show like ruined her life. Like it makes her life, but it also ruined her life. Yeah. Wait, I feel like I remember her. Hold on. We watched her season. She won. Yeah. And she was on Gossip Girl after that. Was she? Yeah. She did a little bit of acting. I remember seeing her. Good for her. I remember seeing her around. Well, she's in a much better place now. Oh, glad to hear it. No, America's Next Time Model like will go down in history as one of the most fucked up shows of all time for a multitude of reasons. But just now finding out that the girls were getting paid $38 and you know, like modeling is already so toxic, like with the eating and being so skinny, they never had a plus size gal. So the fact that they only had $38 probably reinforced a lot of those really poor like eating behaviors. Yes. Well, the Sarah Hartshorn who did speak out about this, she's a former plus size model. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready for our next story in a little that, bit of... Is it not the fifth and final? No, it's not the fifth and final. Oh, wow, okay. In a little bit of wasted money news, oh. HBO spent an eye-popping amount of money on a Game of Thrones spinoff that has been axed. So a while ago, we reported that Game of Thrones was doing a spinoff series, not the House of Dragons, which the trailer has Prequel. come out, and that, that is going down. They did, They were doing another spinoff series starring Naomi Watts, and they shot a $30 million pilot for it, <gasps> and then they scrapped uh, it. 
I just want to say that was never going to be successful because no hate against Naomi Watts. The joy of Game of Thrones and why I think it was so easy to like throw yourself into the show. It's like you never saw any of these actors in your entire life. Like they were freaks from the Westeros. Like it was just (laughs) so believable. Naomi Watts don't live in Westeros. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Apparently, they spent over $30 million on the prequel pilot, and they saw a cut of the pilot a few months after it arrived, and um, they said this just doesn't work, and I don't think it delivers on the promise of the original series, and HBO did not disagree, which was a relief, and they scrapped it, but like, what a fucking waste of money, Jesus. Like, give it to me. 100%. Also, I read something today, George R.R. Martin revealed that he had initially wanted to do two more seasons of Game of Thrones. How so? Like, he thought the story could have been told in two more seasons. Slower? Slower. Damn. But, you know, in that last season, all of a sudden, those ships were going faster. Those ravens were flying right, no, at we, lightning Jackie, speed. Jackie, we said that when we were yeah. recapping. We are like, it used to take four episodes for a message to get from King's Landing to the wall. And now, all of a sudden, oh, everyone's sending text messages. What is that? Yeah. No, those ravens were on crack after six Speed seasons. ravens. Speed ravens. Yeah. No, they were wild in. But they got the job done. <laughs> Yeah, no, so I actually do see how it could have been two more seasons, but I was grateful. Shit was moving a little too slow in the beginning. Yeah, but you know, I, I do miss I do miss the Game of Thrones days. Like, Matt, remember when it was just like Sunday night, like obviously we were watching, even when we were coming back from Stagecoach, like we were watching in the car. Like you could, I couldn't even check my phone in the yep. hours where I hadn't watched because it was just that big of a deal. And our iconic episode recaps will go down in history like the fact that you and I are more popular is shocking because all you have to do is watch those Game of Thrones recaps and we are no two funnier human beings have ever walked the earth I you know what I am gonna have to agree with you (laughs) are you ready for our fifth and final story do we get to sing or no? Because we're podcast only. I'm going to opt out. but you Okay, I will can... too. I don't want to be like that annoying girl. If it's the will... final. No kidding. I'm really, okay. I'm out. I'm out. Our fifth and final story is a bit of random fucking news, okay? RFN? RFN. I just, it's been a while. A bride celebrated her wedding with a mannequin version of the groom after he got food poisoning and was in the hospital. So instead of canceling her wedding, a North Carolina bride made the best of a sticky situation after her groom fell ill with severe food poisoning on their wedding day. Christine turned what could have been a wedding nightmare into something to smile about when she celebrated her big day alongside a mannequin version of her groom while he was sick in the hospital. Instead of canceling their nuptials altogether, Christine told people that she had her groom there in spirit, celebrating with what she affectionately called Stick Gannon. His name is Gannon, the groom. A rolling steamer with pool cues that was dressed in a suit with his smiling face mounted at the top of an iPad. This is some major, like, bottom of the barrel, desperate for story news. Oh, 1,000%, but also, like, these are also sometimes some of my favorite stories. Well, I just want to say, I don't want to be unsympathetic to the groom, but, like, food poisoning... Really? Take some Pepto-Bismol, stick a cork in your ass, and let's get married. I mean, I guess if he was at the hospital, it must have been pretty bad. But still, it's food poisoning. Like, I've taken a final with food poisoning, you know? Right. No, no, no. But if he was in the hospital, then it, it's really He sounds bad. like a drama also, queen. I, no, I think you're... I know that's not what I'm getting from this, but what I am getting is like one, like, wow, Christine dying to get married. Like, nothing's going to stop. She's a COVID woman. bride. She's not but doing it two, twice. But two, I'm looking at this with a critical eye. I do feel like something nefarious happened to get such mm. severe po- food poisoning on your wedding day. Someone's trying to steal Christine. <gasps> oh, this is this is a lifetime movie, not a Hallmark movie. It's a hundred percent. And and so then now I'm like, go Christine. Like you're not going to be swayed. You're not going to turn. You're not. You're not even going to entertain this other suitor. You're mm-hmm. actually going to get married to Stick Gannon instead, and that's beautiful. I mean, the wedding photos, like, I'm not going to lie, like, this is pathetic. I do respect her tenacity to get married. I'm assuming she's a COVID bride, like, she's not postponing twice. But I am, um, I'm saddened by this for Christine. I know, but Christine chose this. Like, well, I just want to say, this could never be me. I don't care if you're vomiting at the altar, Ben. Get your ass up there, clench your cheeks, eat a saltine. What's the thing that, um... Like that Biden, not Biden's, um, Binds, Binds, 
your stomach. Like you can take shit, iodine, like yeah, all that shit. I'm telling you, food poisoning is, it's not great. It's not a catastrophe. It's not like a broken arm. Like it's not terrible. Yeah. Wait, by the way, they did initially plan to wed in September 2020, but they were forced to move it because of COVID. So and yeah. then, okay, down here in the fine print, after tying the knot with immediate family in their backyard in July 2020, they rescheduled the nuptials for September 2021. But just one week before the wedding, Christine tested positive for COVID. Once again, <sighs> their date was postponed. And then <sighs> Gannon got food poisoning. And Christine's like, fuck this <laughs> shit. Fuck this. I already put down the deposit three times. Oh, you know what? I've never heard. This is probably the worst COVID bride story I've heard. Yeah, and so now she has stick at it. I'm just glad, like, that if this is behind her and she can start her life. I just want to say, the way you're talking about him, it feels like you're kind of into stick. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm so against stick. No, this is so stupid. <laughs> I mean, this is what people are up to, Claude, okay? No, I watch, know. That's the state Christine's of the world. Toaster. Love you, Christine. Mazel tov. Appreciate and respect the tenacity. Yeah, no, get her done. Like, get her Just get it I over with. I can't imagine... Like, I can't imagine moving your wedding that many times, honestly. No, I can't believe she got COVID. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, okay, well, those are the Fast Five stories, and they were pretty good. I, I believe that they were. I feel very strongly. Um, we're going to dive into the TV recap because we've got to talk about the premiere of Real Housewives of Orange County, which is brought to you by Honey. When you shop like usual on lots of your favorite sites, Honey will automatically fill in the promo code box for you at checkout. That's right. Honey gives you millions of promo codes, all available in just one free browser extension when you use our link. So when you're shopping, it won't just fill with one code. It'll dump a ton of codes in there, every code it can find across the internet, and then it tests them within seconds and they'll give you the biggest possible discount. I have used Honey Shopping for food, makeup, tech, clothing. Literally, it's on every site that I love. The, when you use this link, the extension on your browser is free to download. And then when you're shopping, you go to your cart and they will just do magic. It takes a few seconds. It's like getting a million little promo codes from one little podcast ad. So get all the promo codes Honey can find at joinhoney.com slash toast. That's joinhoney.com slash toast. It's a free to download. It saves you money. And there's literally no reason on God's green diddly dally earth that you shouldn't have honey by now. For real. Have we taught you nothing? A hundred percent. Okay, let's get into Real Housewives of Orange County because I gotta know your hottest takes. Okay, and I'm open to changing it. This was just the initial like gut reaction I got from the episode. Um, two major things. We are watching two parallel universe shows, and I don't know how it's gonna work. It's oil and water. When there were two different lunches, one at Nobu, one at a beach hut, I was like, how are we watching the same two shows? Like, it was just... Heather and those two new girls, Noella and Nicole, the looks, the bags, the outfits, the restaurant, the champagne, the out, like everything. It was on par. I felt like I was watching like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills finally, like mm -hmm. glamour. And I, then I see these three freaks like <laughs> waddle into a restaurant that's standing on one leg, <laughs> getting like wasted. I was like, how are these six people ever supposed to coexist? Okay, so I hear what you're saying, but first of all, when you clean house on a show and you really and like you're, we're literally bringing a whole new world in. Like it's gonna be a little sticky the first episode, but they're merging by the end of the episode. And I will say, I do think that the friendship between Heather and Gina is the perfect example bridge. of how these two worlds, yes, how there can be a bridge between the two worlds. It's like, we know that going forward that they get along really well. They're both New Yorkers. And in the trailer, like you can see them having a lot of fun together. But like, even in the episode, like Heather doing her like gaudy tour and Gina like eating it all up. It's like, it, they're actually a perfect type of friendship because another woman who might be in Heather's shoes would go on Heather's tour and be like you know this is t this is day passe but like Gina is like living for it and she's giving Heather all of the reactions that Heather wants and I actually think that in this instance their differences are, are bringing them together because you know I feel like even when um even when like Shannon met Heather when, when Shannon met Emily and Gina I feel like she felt like they were below her and so she's not going to engage with them but Heather like doesn't have maybe because Heather just feels like she's above everyone it's like so I've got to engage with people below me or else mm -hmm. I've got no one to talk to so she really like is jumping in with these girls and I didn't mind so much you know the the parallel universes I think they will become perpendicular okay 
I mean, I hear you, but I'm just saying in this particular episode, it was so glaring to me that like the old housewife of OC that we used to watch and this new generation of women, like they're very much of the Beverly Hills caliber with their outfits, their homes, the, like they were just elevating this shit. And I just don't, I guess Gina's the answer, but I just didn't see how they could all be on the same show. They're completely different people. I think like going back women, and forth from Heather's I, house to the casita. I think the other women will rise to the occasion. I do. Because okay. I think that Emily like ha- can hang with the best of them. I think that, you know, Shannon was a f- very former fancy lady. And right. So she's not like overwhelmed by all of that. I think that they'll be able to merge with the show. And then there's also this new person whose husband is always naked and holding a dog. And I just don't understand. I really do not fuck with Jen. I just want to say that. Um, yeah. And she looks too much like Bronwyn for my liking. Totally. The second thing, which is actually my hot take, I was just kind of introing you, lubing you up. I was, and I, I can't, I know I'm going to say this. I might regret it. I was extremely put off by Heather. Okay. I think that, that, and then I know she had to do it. I remember we went through this with Tiffany Moon on Dallas. Like the tour was so painful to watch. Like Gina being like eating it up and Shannon dying inside of jealousy for like the life that she used to have. I was very uncomfortable by it. I think like Heather's demeanor, while I respect it and I hope to be like it one day, even just the way that she like waits for them when they're coming to the table, she does have this like grandiose personality that can come off. And I don't know if it's going to be that yet as condescending. But then again, her future friendship with Gina makes me think otherwise because she just sees people for who they are. But I was just getting like not unbelievable vibes from Heather. I can't explain it. I I understand what you're saying, but I do feel like, you know, we all waited 10 years to see this house. And so, like, I don't think that, you know, I think the producer said, get over there and give us yeah. a house tour. Because literally, we said on the toast this week, like, I don't want to see your YouTube house tour. I want to see it on yep. the show where I'm not interested. So, you know what? I really did need to see the house. And now she's showing the, us the house. And I'm like, who does a house tour that's so tacky? But this is what we asked for. And we waited so long for it. And, I, and it's crazy because she's so, you know wealthy and fancy and all of those things and she's she's going around like being super braggadocious but it's still not as off-putting as it could be I guess I just I don't know I was like really excited for Heather and this episode I just found myself annoyed by her and I think my annoyed vibe came to a head for like the first 15 minutes I watched of watch what happens live like I don't know I just found her to be very um I can't find the right word, but just like nose in the air. But that's that's been her fancy pants. Yeah. And everybody wanted her back. And so why would she stop being that person that she always was? I just want to say it's been a while since I've seen her on television. And I what you had literally said, I think on yesterday's show, I don't know if it's enough. She can't hold the show together. She's not the Band-Aid. She's not a Bethany. No, and I don't, she can't, like, be the captain of the ship. I don't think that she wants to be. I don't think that she should be. Someone else needs to, you know, take over at the wheel. She's clearly, like, the bridge between the two friend groups, new girls and and yeah. the old OC housewives. But um, if the, the, the season can't revolve around her, it just won't work. But I don't She doesn't think get her hands will. dirty. No, 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 no. She really doesn't. I don't think, I think the other girls will, you know, take up instead. I also feel like I am willing to give a little bit of slack, like first time filming in five years, rusty. Did you feel like Terry Dubrow looked so unbelievably different? Yeah, he looked very, you know, like plastic drinking, surgeon drinking his own Kool-Aid <laughs> operating on himself. So let's talk about the new girls. I really like Noella. I love her home. I love someone who has, you know, five digits square feet. I love that she like her, her husband just like let the mom live in the house. The sex dungeon is weird, but I just like someone who's different. And I feel like all the women we were getting on OC for so long were exactly the same. And she's different. And I like that. Um, Um, Jen... I agree. And I just want to say, like, because they mentioned her in the episode, like, justice for Elizabeth Vargas, she did not get a fair shake. She did not get a fair opportunity. She literally exposed, like... I mean, shared her deepest, deepest trauma with the whole world. And they, you know what they said? They said, you're fired and we don't want to hear it anymore. (laughs) And I just think that's really hurtful. And I also think that she had much more to give. To give. And I just feel for her. Jackie, wherever she she is. I 
completely agree with you. I think that if not placed in one of the worst seasons of any time, she actually could have been great because she's a psycho and I lived for it. I agree. Yeah. So I just wanted to give an honorable mention. Now, the other women, Jen, I'm just like not feeling Jen at all. In the in her office, I was like, okay. And then her home life, I'm like, get me out of this house. I just was not feeling what Jen was serving. Me neither. Not at all. Um, now, this woman, Nicole, um, I liked her because, first of all, she's very beautiful. And she is kind of the the crux here. Like, what is this lawsuit? And I find it so interesting about her, like, former last name. And I was like, is this the woman? And my question now, obviously, is like, does Heather know that this woman in her house named Nicole is the same Nicole that sued Terry or she doesn't know or she does. She does know and she doesn't want to brought up like what I the way that I read it and maybe I'm just like don't know anything but like I feel like Terry gets sued yeah. and it's not a big like it's not a huge deal for someone to sue him for like the line of work that he's in. So Heather might not know the names of like. The, you know the the lawsuits that he has and especially if it maybe was a small one or she didn't win or you know they didn't like get a lot of money out of him or whatever so she might not know about this at all yeah but you know what was so confusing like we got no background on nicole is she married what does she do for a living like yeah it would have been more helpful like let's say she's a doctor maybe they fought over some competitive you know we got no background information on her so i'm like what she's suing for malpractice she didn't like her boobs or something like we're left to the imagination and i have no fucking clue well i'm hoping that that's next week yeah, yeah yeah of course but um it looks like heather has a breakdown so that actually does look good i, I mean yeah. of course from where we came from, right before I turned it on, I caught the last 10 minutes of the past reunion, and it was so fucking pathetic. So we need to just acknowledge the space that we're in. We have made a lot of progress, progress. growth, and it's much better. Heather definitely elevates this shit. There was – are you we, are you feeling what I'm saying? Like, in certain moments, they were giving, like, a twinge of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, just in the sense that, like, everyone was in a look. It was a gorgeous restaurant. Yes, yes. Like, we're having sushi by the sea – and I was like, great. I, you know, it was the first time I was like, I would like to take a trip to the OC. Yes. And then like when they were going back and forth from Nobu to like the shack on the beach, I was like, this is old housewives and this is new OC. Yes, but you know what? They're, they're, I think they're going to merge us together. They're not just going to pretend like this is a whole new show. Like we still, you know, it's still Trace Amigas. Like there is still always going to be that energy, but they're bringing in new energy as well. So I do think the merge in, the merge the merger will happen okay i mean good yeah so it was fine it was good yeah it was good i mean i will like i'll totally be watching it was yeah it was all good i'm, I'm feeling good about it i'm not like this is the best thing i ever watched but i'm not like this right. is the worst thing i've ever watched couldn't agree more great um, so that's our show. That was the recap. This is our last show of the week. If you're coming out to see me on tour in Minneapolis, Detroit, or Toronto, I cannot wait to see you guys. The Minneapolis show and the Toronto show are sold out, but the Detroit show is sadly not. So please come hang out with me in Detroit. I can't wait to see you guys. Jackie, thanks for shucking and jiving with me this week. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and you get to sleep in, find some inner peace, lay on your pregnancy pillow, heating pad, Bruno, read a book. Oh, sounds heavenly. Yes, we'll be doing all of those things. And if you're missing us so dearly, one, there's a new episode of The Redheads out right now. And two, a new Patreon episode is dropping tomorrow with Zach and I. We're getting a lot of Zach updates and we're taking a fun quiz. So head over there. A sexy quiz? You know what? It got pretty sexy at times. Ooh, got to download like, for the flight. I was like, babe, this is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> you're on the wrong show. Literally. Um, um, no, but it was really fun. And we have all past Patreon episodes with podcasts and vlogs if you are looking for more content while we're gone. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to The Morning Toast. Have an amazing weekend. Stay safe. And we'll see you back in studio on Monday. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.